Welcome to Standard Chartered India Money Insights, a podcast series that brings you topical insights and local perspectives on India's markets from the experts. Hi, I'm Ravi Singh, Chief Investment Strategist at Standard Chartered Bank India. Welcome to another edition of News from the Street, bringing you market news and insights on how you should look at your investments from industry veterans and market experts. Today, we are joined by Mr. Harsha Upadhyay, Chief Investment Officer, Equities for Kotak Mutual Fund. Thank you, Harsha, for joining our podcast. It's my pleasure, Ravi. Let's get to the most pressing question that investors are facing today. Harsha, 2022 has been a volatile year. The first seven months have seen significant volatility and some pockets of outperformance. How do you see this volatility paying along for the rest of 2022? Uh, Ravi, as you rightly mentioned, markets have been quite volatile for the past three quarters. It started towards the end of last calendar year and it has continued until now. I think some of this volatility was expected, at least from our side. We saw that valuations were moving up consistently over a period of almost five to six quarters from the lows of COVID. While there were fundamental improvements, but the pace of valuation increase was a little bit alarming for us. At the same time, we were also looking at how interest rates would change in the global scenario and also in India. At that point of time, obviously, nobody knew what would happen between Russia and Ukraine. So that was something that came as a shock or a surprise in the first quarter of this calendar year. But definitely there were expectations of interest rates bottoming out and inflation kind of picking up from those levels, which could lead to interest rate hikes. And hence, since equity valuations are inversely correlated to interest rate movements, we were expecting some moderation in valuation and thereby leading to market volatility. But we did see commodities going up much higher than where we thought initially because of the Russia-Ukraine conflict starting sometime in February 2020. That completely turned the markets side down. Everyone felt that inflation is likely to be under control and they expected interest rates to move up quicker than everyone anticipated initially. And that led to more volatility in the markets, not just in India, but across global markets, across asset classes. The volatility increased and we have seen significant pain during that period. While index may not be depicting all of that pain, but definitely the broader market did see a lot of volatility. There has been quite a bit of erosion if you were not in fundamentally strong stocks or if you were in pockets where the valuations were very high. Coming to current juncture, I think things have started to change now. We have seen inflation moderating, at least non-energy commodities have corrected quite a bit on a year-on-year basis. We have also seen food inflation kind of moderating, especially for India. And energy is still still a question mark, but our expectation is maybe the peak of the energy inflation is also peak. If you go by that thesis, then obviously, as you roll forward, inflation should come under some sort of control and thereby the hawkishness that we witnessed across settled bank opinions in the recent past should also change. If that were to happen, the transient pain that we are seeing in terms of margin erosion for Indian companies should also come to an end maybe in the next one or two quarters. So with this background, I think we can expect volatility to kind of reduce as compared to last nine months in the market. However, we need to continuously monitor how some of these energy-related commodities move or whether there will be such a big decline in global growth rates that it will start affecting the overall demand and growth numbers. We need to keep those things in mind. But definitely, the panic that we were seeing in the recent past seemed to have abated 
talking of volatility and valuation, it, it brings me to the next question, which is more on some of the drivers of volatility in domestic equities, particularly the participation by the foreign investors. We've seen significant pullouts. In fact, one of the highest ever in terms of the quantum and for the duration of the pullout. And also in terms of valuation, we did bottom out at almost the 10-year average in the recent past. How do you see foreign investor positioning and valuation impacting the you know, performance of the Indian equities going forward? Ravi, clearly over the last several years, Indian investors have given a lot of importance to foreign flows because that was the main driving force for the markets, either on the upside or on the downside. But increasingly, we find that the FII flows are not the sole determinant of market direction. Why do I say that? As you rightly mentioned, the current quantum as well as the duration of the FII outflows is the largest that we have seen in our history. FIIs have sold almost 2.5 lakh crores of Indian equities in the last nine months. That is between October 21 to June 22. And despite that kind of a selling for almost three quarters, we have seen only about a 12 or 13% cut in markets when you look at large gap index like equity. Yes, I agree that broader market has taken a lot more beating. But when you look at just the index, it's just about 12%. In contrast, if I were to just pick one more time period where there was significant selling, for example, from the first COVID disruption period between March 2020 and June 2020, in a period of just three months, they sold 65,000 pounds. This is maybe about a quarter of what they've sold in the recent nine months. Right? But if you just go back and see how markets were volatile during that first COVID disruption period, you will notice that Nifty went down by more than 30%. Why did that happen? According to us, everyone was panicking, whether it's a domestic investor or an international investor, whether retail or institution. Every investor in that period was looking to exit equities, and that's where the volatility was so high. But if you come to the recent nine-month period, while FIs, as I mentioned, have sold more than two and a half lakh crores worth of Indian equities, which is obviously the highest quantum that they have sold, we have also seen a significantly stable domestic flows in the same period. If domestic institutions, I mean, the mutual funds have got close to about two lakh crores within the same period. That's what has kind of counterbalanced the outflows of FIIs in the recent past. And also, when you look at the overall stock of FIIs in Indian equities, when you look at NSE 500 stocks, and compare it to that of domestic institutions, I think you will find that more or less both are balanced now. And also with the kind of flows that we are seeing in the domestic market, which is a lot more sustainable because it's driven by SIP flows rather than lump sum, which are prone to sentiment change, volatility, etc. We believe that increasingly as you go forward, reliance on foreign flows or market stability may not be there. You may start seeing kind of stability even when FIs are selling simply because domestic investors have become a larger participants in the overall scheme of It was quite interesting. Now, that brings me to the last and final question for today's podcast. And that is more on you know, from the position that you are, you have witnessed quite a few significant change in the fortunes of different sectors. For example, you mentioned energy, non-oil commodity sectors, seeing you know, moderation in values. How do you see the emerging opportunities? So what are the emerging themes that you see that investors should focus on? Do you think of a broader 
index participation would work or you would see that within the overall index uh, there are certain pockets of opportunity that are emerging are uh, we clearly the valuations have corrected from peak multiples of 24 times one year forward on price to earnings which was case during october 2021 peak to current levels which are more or less in line with fair valuations on a long term basis around 17 to 18 times one year forward now so to that extent even if you take a broad equity allocation into an index i would say that the valuation risk is minimal not that valuations don't go below long term averages they can but however it's more of a timing risk where it will it may test patience of the investors but rather you will not possibly see a too much of erosion in your wealth most investors can take that too or those investors who want to take a little bit more aggressive position can also look at pockets of the economy which are likely to do better than the rest and position themselves there there could be some valuation risk there because generally markets discount you know, what's going to happen in future so to that extent if everyone believes that a certain sector is going to do better than the rest of the economy maybe the valuations will still be on the slightly higher side but having said that i think to believe that corporate earnings growth is going to improve over the next 3 5 years in the indian context and these are the sectors or stocks that we participate it makes sense to even with slightly higher valuation to be positioned in those pockets as we see today while the entire narrative for last 6 9 months was on interest rate movements and inflation risk which has kind of played out and also as i explained earlier in the podcast we have seen inflation kind of starting to moderate now if that were to continue and if we don't get any new shocks in terms of commodity price increases or disruptions then i would say that margin pressure that we are seeing on most of the manufacturing companies would be only transient and to that extent this could be the good time to really start building some stocks in those segments so clearly our focus has been to look at more of domestic businesses while globe may take a while before it comes back to normal growth rates india has always been outperforming global growth rates in terms of economic growth rates and also in the current situation our situation is much better because the negative real interest rates in indian context is much lesser as compared to let's say us or western point so to that extent the requirement of these in interest rates in india would be much lesser as compared to what the other nations would like in that context we believe that maybe this is the time to position in some of those segments which are likely to do better both in terms of business as well as earnings growth whenever the economy starts to gain momentum once again so we would rather focus on pockets within that domestic team where valuations are in the favor of long term investors so banking and financials is definitely one of those pockets because this is one segment which has not really outperformed the market in the last two or three years the valuations are not very rich as compared to their own history or to the market and as we see credit growth improving that for the first time after several quarter in the last quarter we have seen credit growth going to double digit levels in the context if that growth rate continues to gain momentum and if there are no further disruptions then asset quality issues which were of a concern in 2020 and early part of 21 will also not be there as it is the uh, things have been proved quite a bit on the quality side valuations are reasonable for a lot of investors so okay this is one pocket one put bet on the other one is of investment cycle pickup because in india we have not seen capacity additions for last maybe 12 to 13 years 
usually when we make a case for a better investment cycle going forward people say that this has been the expectation for last several years that has never happened and why should it happen now i would give uh, three reasons for that one whenever you need a strong investment cycle there are few things that are necessary from a overall economy perspective number one is there a need for new capex in the system i think everyone will agree that it's the capacity addition in the indian manufacturing segment has been great for the last several years post gfc we there is definitely a requirement for further capacity addition across industries and also the excess capacity that was there in many of these industry segments are also kind of getting used up. so definitely the first point is there is need for incremental capacity addition second is is there a borrowing capacity because there may be a need for capacity addition but what is the health of corporate india whether corporate india is in a position to really build that capacity and you will see that despite significant disruption during covid and slightly before that for various other reasons we have seen across the board indian corporates deleveraging their balance sheet and the significant deleveraging will allow them to really look for capacity addition without straining their balance sheet so there is ability from indian corporates to raise money. that's the second point the third point is is that lending capacity in what is the health of our financial system to lend more into some of these new capacity addition requirements that also is at one of the supreme health i would say because the asset quality issues have subsided in the banking system the provisioning cover is much higher than they were in the previous cycle as we enter this cycle the provisioning cover is almost close to 70% of the system level. capital adequacy numbers are uh, in front of all of us there is uh, absolutely no issue including the public sector banks which at one point of time had inadequate capital to grow but that's not the case now and most of the large private sector banks are also well capitalized and even those where you would see that there may be a little bit of capital requirement i think in the current circumstances given how they are positioned on asset quality they should be able to raise for the money required so the third point is there is enough lending capacity in the system as well so that's what makes us believe that the investment cycle is going to remain strong it is maybe a bit early to say that it has already picked up in a big way we are seeing early signs of that the next few quarters we should see more of those constants and limitation in terms of new capital expenditure so broadly our domestic focused investment cycle led uh, segments such as industrials and many of the manufacturing segments where the inflation concerns would start to diminish would be the areas apart from private sector banks large public sector banks to play over the next couple of years uh, in our thanks a lot harsha that was quite informative and it is always a pleasure having you thank you that's it for in today's podcast if you find this podcast useful please like and subscribe have a good day thank you for listening to standard chartered india money insights stay tuned for the latest updates and market trends by subscribing to our podcast for more information reach out to your standard chartered relationship manager or visit www.se.com/in